I just took a really long nap. Mm. How was it? Was it rejuvenating? No, I'm not one for napping. This was a very strange occurrence. Oh, shit. Well, how did, how did it go? How's your experience? I don't know. I woke up in such a tizzy. I This doesn't happen to me, and I, I'm rarely one to even sleep through a whole night. But right, right. Well, welcome to the world of napping. <laughs> I hate it. I'm leaving. From late June to early August, we took a 14,000-mile cross-country road trip to get away from the world. It brought us to 20 national parks, 33 states, 46 cities, and 43 national monuments, forests, memorials, grasslands, and recreation areas. So in each episode, we'll outline one of our stops, talk about the history of the place, our impressions, and a piece of dark history tea associated with it. It's gonna be dramatic, scandalous, dare I say captivatingly funny, and hopefully it inspires your next trip in the United States. This is Road Boys with Jeremy and Jacob. Welcome to another episode of Road Boys. Season 2, episode 2. Mm. Yes, we're in season two. It's very exciting. I am Jacob Bellotti, joined by Jeremy Shapiro on the podcast. I am indeed Jeremy Shapiro, and I am on this podcast. Congratulations. Well... Thank you so much. What a week we've had here in Los Angeles. It has been a blur of activity. It's finally starting to get warm again. Yeah, I mean, it's like in the high 80s today, so I guess that's... Is that acceptable? It's better. I'll tell you, when it gets below, like, 68, I would say, I am freezing. Freezing? I'm starting to get that way. I didn't really... I've I've had to wait a little bit to come around to to my body feeling that way when it's that cold out. But now... mm. It's the dry air, all right? The dry air is different. I mean, we're in the desert. It's The heat is hot, and the nights are cold. Mm Mm-hmm. It's true. Well, mm-hmm. besides that, we you might have noticed we're uh, dropping episodes at a new time. Uh, we are now debuting at 9 p.m. Sundays Pacific mm-hmm. or 12 a.m. Monday Eastern. Uh, so you can start your week with a brand new Road Boys. It's, it's a win-win. I see this as an absolute win for everyone that's involved. You get to start your week... Get that little notification on your phone that we came out with a new episode, you're driving to work, or you're about to go into a Zoom meeting, you get you put us on. That's, I the, mean, whole, that's the whole thought to it. What are we doing here? This is just the way to go. We are going to start every week with a brand new Road Boys, mm. just for you. Yes, just for you. Um, what else happened? We watched uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League, and Ooh, let yeah. me just say to everybody, mm. I am always right. I'm right about <laughs> everything that there is to be right about, yes, and yes, it was fantastic. Of course, as I knew, when you properly make a DC movie, it is better than any of the garbage that Marvel can put out. Ooh. 
coming in hot with the hot takes, but that's not a hot take. That is just a fact. I, I mean, it's a hot take to a lot of people who are not enlight- enlightened like us. Oh, well, that's just pretentious. Well, I'm just saying people get on the DC shit and you realize it's a whole different world, um, literally and figuratively. If it's ra- if it's made correctly, that is. And of course, the Zack Snyder cut was. Listen, I've been saying it for years. DC has infinitely better superheroes than Marvel. And when you properly do a movie with them, it there there is not something that can compare to that. And... You know, it, there were there was such a a swell of support for this movie. I mean, day a day or two after it released, um, the hashtag "Restore the Snyderverse" trended for days on end. Um, so you have to expect that they're going to continue this saga, despite you know what's currently going on at the studios. I mean, it's something they can build off of for sure. Well, we'll have to see, but regardless, I was very happy with how that turned out, and you should go watch it on HBO Max if you can, because it is worth your time. Mm. Uh, I don't think anything else happened this week. No, we're just, we're here in LA, we're getting, we're getting into it, we're getting settled, it feels nice. Yeah, so in our season premiere episode, we were in Los Angeles, California on the road Mm -hmm. trip. And to continue our road trip, we drove up from Los Angeles to two national parks um, that we're going to go into today. Uh, And we didn't even realize that we hit one of them, but we'll get into all that later. Today, (laughs) Today, we are going to Sequoia National Park and Kings Canyon National Park. They're often over... Yes, they're often overlooked, but provide some of the most incredible landscapes and wilderness in the country. So let's dive in Sequoia and Kings Canyon National Parks. Yes. So the parks are massive, a combined 800,000 acres or 1,200 square miles. In fact, most of the land they occupy doesn't even have roads. It's just pure wilderness, only accessible by foot. So what I was thinking is that's really an ideal place to hide a body. It is. You better have found something like that for our listeners and me. That's it. Exactly, because I know how many mass murderers listen to this podcast, and I'd love for them to be able to hide their bodies in peace. Well, here's my advice. Take it to Sequoia and Kings Canyon. It's the way to go. Is it the real deal? <laughs> I would call it the real deal. Mm. Mm. Now, the parks are located in the Sierra Nevada range in eastern California by Visalia and Fresno, respectively. Now, if you know anything Ah. about California, you know those places are not that close together. Um, And that's how large this uh, land area is. Yeah. Yes. Great time. Basically, (laughs) most of the eastern part of the state is are these are these mountains. Yeah. Going north, north to west or north or north, northwest. I can't. I don't, I don't know, know about directions. that. They're on the eastern I don't know. part of it. Yeah, yes. you don't, Jeremy has no clue what he's I talking about. I have no about. clue what I'm talking about. <laughs> None. Um, now, the landscape ranges from giant sequoia trees to dramatic canyons and valleys, cliff sides, and rock face. There's a lot of different stuff going on uh, in the Sierra Nevadas. Uh, but perhaps the most significant parts of both parks are world landmarks. So, in Sequoia, the highest point in the contiguous United States, Mount mm. Whitney at 14,505 feet, and the General Sherman tree, the largest tree in the world. 
Uh, wow. Now, Jeremy, to piggyback back to something I think we talked about towards the beginning of season one, you were wildly incorrect oh, when you man. said I, something. I, um, I I was so I so and I was just thinking that because I did not know actually before you just said it that Sequoia was home to Mount Whitney. And that the highest that point in the United States. And, you know, yeah, of course. So when we were in the season one, I'll, I'll point out my own mistake. I mentioned that Pikes Peak nearby uh, Colorado Springs uh, was the highest peak. And I searched it and it ended up being like the 39th tallest <laughs> mountain peak in the United States. Let's, let's all laugh at Jeremy. Ha, 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 ha. I can hear, hear it all over the country. People just laughing outside. And, oh, man. Well, Yes, Mount Whitney. So it's a it's a big place. And General Sherman Tree, that, that's another one. A place looks like Endor, but I know that's not really Endor. I'm just Yeah, saying. I'll get to that. Uh, but G- Kings Canyon has the second largest tree in the world, and it combines six of the ten largest trees in the world. So these are some pretty significant fucking trees in this park. What What's in the soil? What are they feeding the trees is what I want to know. I don't know. Uh, I, I'm guessing it's probably just the environment that makes them work. I did a little bit of research on this, but I'll, hmm. again, get to that when I get to it. Yes. Bitch. Oh. All right. So the two <laughs> parks are connected and managed by the same branch of the National Park Service. So let's dive into how these parks came to exist as we know them now. Okay. This is going to be one general history because they were both formed and inhabited in the same ways throughout history. They're technically the same region. They're just divided um, by national park name. Boundaries, exactly. All right. So I promised this season we weren't going to do all that 8000 BC bullshit, and we're not. Instead, oh. we're going to go to 100 million BC. Oh, okay. 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 Cretaceous <laughs> period. Oh, grrr. we really on the Cretaceous period. <laughs> yes. So that's when super hot water pushed molten rock upwards as the landmass shifted, coming down until it formed what we know as granite. Ah, granite. Yeah, I keep saying the kitchen counter companies should really be mining the Sierra Nevada range. Think about how many beautiful counters they could make, Jeremy. I'm sure if they want, they, I'm sure that some, this is actually something they very much want, but they can't have at the current moment. But maybe they'll get their way at some point. I mean, this would just be the way to go. Like, I, <laughs> the granite there is gorgeous. It's beautiful, and it's and it's abundant. Mm. I, we just need to take off the protections from. Uh, national parks and uh, you know i'm all for that i'd run on that if i were a politician well there you go uh but the granite was anyway pushed up over the course of millions of years to create Mm. the sierra nevada range a dazzling mountain range of silver granite that extends up most of eastern california and western nevada and is now home to three national parks of course no spoilers but we'll get to that third one uh, in our next episode. Ooh. And it's it's also worth mentioning how long that process took because the Sierra Nevada are considered one of the youngest mountain ranges in existence. Uh, they're a measly 10 million years old. Aww. You a baby, girl. Oh, they're so cute. <laughs> yeah, they're only 10 million years only old. Only 10 million. <laughs> yeah. 
So it was in those mountains that sequoia trees found the perfect climate to grow, and soon the giant forest was alive throughout this stretch of mountains, creating the infamous Endor look that you also see in Redwood National Forest by San Francisco. It's really the same trees it's, that it's, expanded. Okay, it's all like the same the same stretch of land is what is what I'm getting, or am or am I wrong? <laughs> Yeah, kind of. It's just the trees. You know, ah, it's they're, the trees. They're all over the place. It's because of the climate. Hmm. Um, yes, and honestly, the giant forest is such a great name. I think it deserves its own sponsorship. Oh, so I'm going to do it right okay. now. Mm-hmm. Giant forest, go on, get you some. <sighs> Yes, I'll take some. All right, now let's talk about humans. Girl, who do you think originally inhabited the land based off every other episode of this show? A uh, white man. A white man. That's who- right. It's the Monachi <laughs> Native American tribe inhabiting much of this land with what? evidence that they even re- reached the highest peaks of the parks. Wow. Wow. They really were hiking up there. Yes. Uh, They would travel over the high mountains to trade with tribes to the east, and there's even pictographs showing how they used bedrock to process acorns, which in my research, I learned that that was their staple food. Oh, man. Well... It's a fun. That makes sense. We watched. We watched, You know. You remember the the Ice Age bit where the guy? Yeah, it must be. It must be good. We should try one at some point. Uh, no, I'm not eating an acorn. Well, um, now let's get to the fun part, where the native tribes were decimated by smallpox as European settlers moved in. Oh, White fun. people really doing what they do best, ruining everything. <laughs> well, you know, it's just the way it is. Okay. The first <laughs> European settler was Hale Tharp, who famously built a home out of a hollowed-out sequoia log and would receive many visits from John Muir at the cabin. Ah, All yes. right. Now we're going to take a little side note to talk about some John Muir realness because I have to address this. It's in mm. all the stories. Yes. Uh, John Muir is credited with saving Yosemite National Park, but that doesn't mean that he was necessarily a good guy. He oh. is now credited as a giant racist calling black and Native Americans dirty and lazy and a blemish on an otherwise picturesque landscape. Oh, well, yeah, that's pretty bad. <laughs> and you may be thinking, what's another racist? Why is that so important? Well, as the most iconic figure in Sierra Club history, his words carry an especially heavy weight because they continue to hurt and alienate indigenous people and people of color who come in contact with the Sierra Club, which is the most prolific conservation group in the United States. John Muir's words have a lasting impact on the conservation efforts and relations with indigenous people who especially are invested in helping preserve their native land. Wow. Well, it just goes to show you how far rate, like you don't look at a conservation group and think that that would be such a massive part and blemish on it. And yet here we are. It's the United States of America. This is a a, a theme, I guess. (laughs) Well, it just goes to show, you know, people have, like, really considered John Muir um, 
like you know as very highly revered i mean his trail the john muir trail stands as the most iconic trail on the western side of the country Mm. it ranges all the way through the sierra nevadas past yosemite and below king's canyon it's like as if they named the appalachian trail after a person that's that's it that's what it sounds like (laughs) essentially yes Mm -hmm. uh for the east coast people out there who know what the appalachian trail is exactly um But so I just wanted to throw that in because John Muir is somebody who's going to come up over the course of this episode and the next episode. Um, And it's important to know that he fucking sucked. Yep. Yep. All right. Yosemite, though. (laughs) He did save Yosemite. Uh, Exactly. Uh, Now back to Sequoia. So white settlers had started moving in, and in 1890, Sequoia National Park was founded to preserve the land from logging efforts. So obviously, all those huge sequoia trees, uh, the loggers really wanted that shit. I mean, why wouldn't you? The place is so abundant. (laughs) Yes. Um, The parks have expanded many times over the years, most recently in 1978 when the Sierra Club spearheaded the expansion to protect the land from the most evil company in existence. (laughs) Of course, I'm talking about the Walt Disney Corporation, who wanted to use the peaks for a new ski resort. Oh, and you're telling me they didn't get their way? They did not get their way. Wow. Wow. Thanks to the Sierra Club. Wow. Good on the Sierra Club. Kings Canyon was also designated a national park in 1890, uh, same year as Sequoia, under mm-hmm. the name General Grant National Park, which is after its largest tree. Mm-hmm. So that they have the second largest tree in the world, and it's called the General Grant Tree. Okay. And of course, Sequoia has the largest in the world called General Sherman Tree. Right. So- um, but Kings Canyon was renamed... Kings Canyon in 1940, uh, and that's the history of Sequoia and Kings Canyon National Parks. Wow. Well, I imagine I guess it's called Kings Canyon because I guess technically there's a huge valley that that, that constitutes a canyon. Last, you know, last season we tried to get into the um into the science of what a canyon is, and I don't know if we necessarily nailed it down. <laughs> well, no one really needs to know because it's really boring. It's essentially <laughs> icebergs move slowly through it and carved it out. That's uh, how you okay. get a canyon. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a snooze. <laughs> it is a snooze. So Kings Canyon does have a huge canyon in it, if that's what you were referring to, okay. which is why it's called Kings Canyon. I don't know if I don't know. I guess maybe we didn't see. Maybe we I did saw, see it. We, we did saw see it. it. Okay. Yeah. I, it didn't. Well, it's a pretty. We area. saw the canyon. It's a pretty area. I don't want to talk down on it. I just must have not noticed it. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, listen, these two parks were gorgeous. So what ended up happening is we ended up driving to what we thought was Sequoia late at night. Mm. um, And we went up this ridiculous winding road where I was really showing why I should be a Formula One driver. Yes, totally. I I did not feel we were we were twisting and turving, but and, and we were twisting, and we were also just you know doing so many different m- maneuvers. But I was not scared because Jacob was at the helm. So it's true. I'm a fantastic driver for anyone out there who mm-hmm. didn't know. Um, but regardless, we made it up this road. It was pitch black. We ended up back on the same road we were on before that, and then I got a little annoyed because I thought Jeremy completely fucked up the directions, which is definitely what happened. I don't know. I think I think Google I think Google Maps literally like we have this route for you. It saves like maybe two minutes, but really in the end it takes. I was like, oh sure, I don't know. And then I guess that's what happened. We went on this route, and 
to this day, I've been, we've been looking for that same route on Google Maps, and I don't think we've been able to find it. <laughs> yeah, I really think uh, there was something really fucked up going on there. Yes. Um, but regardless, we ended up making it there probably like two in the morning. Um, yeah. And as we were going around, we were just driving into campsites, seeing if there was an open site. And of course there wasn't. So right. we felt a little fucked. Um, yes. Kind of driving around for a while. And then eventually we went like we made one last turn. There's a lot of like back roads. So it's, you know, it's not very easy to see these. Right. And found a singular open campsite like, thank where God. we set up a tent <laughs> at two something in the morning and slept before getting up and heading into Sequoia. So at that point, we thought we were in Sequoia already, but it right. turns out we were in Kings Canyon National Park. That's true. And I think at the, it was so pitch black. I, we only knew that we were going up mountains because, of course, of the incline. But when we woke up, we saw where we were. And I think I, at least I was kind of shocked at the environment, those trees, how massive those mountain, how massive those mountains were. And just the in general setting, it was so beautiful. But like, how did we get there? It was just like, where did our phone, where did the phone take us? <laughs> it was very strange. I mean, then you wake up and you go, we went to see General Sherman's tree. So we did see the largest tree in the world, which of course we will post photos of on we, our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Road Boys Podcast. Gotta yes, update sir. that Twitter. Yeah, it, it, it it's gonna come alive soon. All right. Well, regardless, you can check all those things out at Road Boys Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. And if you have any questions, like fan questions, which I know Jeremy has combed through the inboxes combed, for I've today. Combed I've combed it. Uh, you can submit those to our email, which is roadboyspodcast at gmail.com. So anyway, we saw the General Sherman tree. Um, we drove. We saw Kings Canyon. We saw quite a lot of the giant forest that mm. we're talking about here. Yes. I thought Sequoia was very beautiful. I'd say it warrants mm. another trip. Indeed. Indeed. I, I think, I think you know, going in, we were just looking for a place to cut into the drive of our next stop camping-wise. And I think that it does warrant another trip, just really having it in mind to go and see it and just have that be the priority. I mean, definitely. I Listen, I think it's one of the most beautiful areas in the country. Totally. I mean, anywhere in those mountains is just so gorgeous. So I'd say definitely worth another trip. I'd love to do Mount Whitney at some point. Yes. Uh, go up to the highest place in the country. I, I agree. I mean, I don't know if there's a road. I don't know if you can hike it. Probably uh, not. There's definitely a road. There's a road? Okay. Yeah. Well, then yes. We have to go up in those mountain ranges. I'd say if you're going to California, what I would do is, and you're like looking to do national park stuff, mm. um, the big one that everyone goes to, like that's in that region, is Yosemite National Park. Totally. I would say on your way to Yosemite or coming from Yosemite, whichever direction you're coming from, stop by Sequoia and Kings Canyon either on the way or coming back because there is a lot of stuff worth seeing there that is not in Yosemite. Yes, I mean that whole it's it's such a huge vast mountain range of so many things to do and see. Um it's it's so beautiful. I would just, you know, prioritize seeing as much of it as you can because I think every little bit of it isn't the same as the other part of it. Exactly. So, if 
you get a chance to go to Sequoia or King's Canyon, mm. let us know on social media by tagging us at Road Boys Podcast. Oh, yes. Good idea. Good idea. Engage us, please. <laughs> yes. All righty. So now it's time for our next segment. It is our dark history of the week. What? What crazy shit happened in one of these or both of these parks is I'm sure something I'm sure you found something. Well, a lot of crazy shit happened. I mean, uh, this is going to be a general more Northern California uh, moment going on here. Okay. Uh, so for this week's dark history, we're going to dive into the cool waters of one of the most prolific and bizarre murder sprees in California history. It's the case of the California witch killers. Witch killers. Oh my goodness. Were they Here's what I want to know. Were they witches and they were killing people or were they killing witches? They were killing sense. witches. Oh man. Um, <laughs> so, I'm going to tell this story with facts only known after a confession, uh which we will also cover as one of the strangest confessions in history, Ooh. just so I can provide the full details of the story as we go through it because if I don't, you're going to be like what the fuck's happening? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I hear so, that. So, so if you're wondering how I know something, it's just because it was in the killer's confession. Okay. Um, and we're going to start with a really, really strange woman, Susan, Susan, <laughs> not Susan. Suzanne, Susan. Susan Barnes. Susan. Ah, Susan. Okay. Her life started out fairly normal. She was born in 1941 in Northern California, eventually getting married and having children. Sounds so. Good. Yeah, I, I guess. So uh, far, so, so good. <laughs> I mean, if if you like that type of thing. I guess. But <laughs> once she had a family, things started to go awry. Susan started experimenting with drugs and became a free spirit. I mean, we're, we're talking about the 70s now. So okay. that's putting a little context. Um, okay. She would frequently take acid trips and go out to clubs, cheating relentlessly on her husband. Ooh. Uh, he eventually divorced her, and that's when things get really odd. Okay. Uh, Susan started having visions where she believed she was God's chosen child. And at this point, I'm like, lay off the acid, girl. Yeah, totally, totally. Unless it was God. Have we ever considered that? <laughs> it was not. Um, oh, but she okay. believed she had <laughs> mystical powers, like that she could see the future and control people to her will. Mm. So she started going by the name Susan Bear, something God had told her to do, apparently, oh. uh, in these premonitions she would have. Her spirit animal, probably, or something like that. <laughs> sure. Uh, so she had one eerie premonition that she would meet someone named Michael Bear, who would be her slave as she ascended to be the second coming of Christ. Oh, she'd get like a sidekick. I kind of like that. <laughs> Listen, she's batshit crazy. Like, I mean... Oh, I know. I know. I know. <laughs> all right. Well, it was then that she met James Clifford Carson. Uh, so let's talk about him for just a second, who he is. Okay. So born in 1950, James Carson was married and had a daughter by 1977 in Phoenix, Arizona. Okay. That's when his wife started noticing severe behavioral changes and took her daughter to leave him. So Ooh. my guess was severe behavioral changes as he started doing drugs. I, I, could, I could see how that could be the case. That happens to plenty of people. Right. So the story goes that that's when he went to California. And one night in a club, he met Susan, our good old mm. Susan Bear. 
Okay. Okay, so here's how it goes. Apparently, Susan looked at him and said, you are Michael Bear, and he said, okay. Ugh. Um, <laughs> and and from then on, James went by the name Michael Bear. Well, okay, here's, here's, here's what I, you know, just going off of today and social media, I know you hate TikTok. There is such oh, a hu- God. there is such a I'll, I'll tell you why I'm talking about this. There is such a huge thing going on right now with this thing called manifesting. Like people, what is it, that? It, people literally willing something into existence because you know they're thinking that it's going to happen enough that they will it into existence. It's like a state of being, and to a certain degree, it's treated as like such a such such like you know a cool thing to do. You want to improve your life, manifest that it gets better and it's going to get better. But to a certain degree, that's what not kind healthy. Of fucking bullshit. It's right, and it's um, it's delusion. It's kind of delusion, and she just happened to what find does this someone. Have to do, what, what does this have to do with TikTok? Because this, I see, I see so many TikToks of people saying manifest this or you know claim this, like. Claim this? Oh, let me claim that I have a hundred million dollars. Right? Do I have a hundred million dollars? No, (laughs) no, I do not have a hundred million dollars. Well, yeah, this is. I mean, so your your criticism towards TikTok here is very valid because this is stuff that happens. Yeah, because it's fucking stupid. It is stupid. (laughs) At least in that setting, it's stupid. I mean, like someone's like, "You're gonna here take claim this. You're gonna have an amazing day. Manifest it for yourself." And everyone's like liking it. Like, yes, thank you so much. I claim it. <laughs> Jesus. That and is horrible. So I think she was just the proto, you know, a proto manifester. And she manifested Michael Bear and she found someone who wanted to go on with her delusion. <laughs> yeah. So James started going by Michael Bear. And by the way, we know that because he wrote a letter to his daughter detailing that God had given him the new name Michael. <sighs> <laughs> Very odd. Yeah. Uh, So basically, Michael believed that Susan was essentially God in human form. Uh, They did many illicit drugs together. They believed their life mission was to eradicate the devil in the forms of witches. And they got married very quickly. It sounds like cause and uh, cause like causation of something. The the only ending was that they're going to get married here. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there's just a lot going on with these fucking batshit people. Yeah. Um. So they then took on a roommate in their Northern California home, a 21-year-old named Karen Barnes, an aspiring actress from Georgia. Mm. I feel really bad for Karen. Uh, she had no idea just how crazy these people were and just thought she was moving in with a couple, like, eccentric hippies who uh-huh. were harmless. Oh, man. Karen, Karen you in danger, girl. <laughs> Karen is in danger because that would all change two years later in March of 1981 when Karen Barnes was found dead in oh. their shared apartment. She had been stabbed 13 times and her skull was crushed. Oh. Yeah, so Susan had decided she was a witch and that she needed to die. In that manner, too. That's that's brutal. Oh, that's I feel bad for Karen. <laughs> yeah, poor Karen. Uh, evidence suggested that she was killed by someone she knew. And of course, Susan and Michael became the prime suspect of authorities investigation. Unfortunately, they had already fled by the time she was found. And they were in a mountain hideout near Grants Pass, Oregon. So they're really going all in on this. They're really about to go all in. 
<laughs> yes, they are. Uh, they lived in the mountain hideout for about a year. Uh, so they were on the run for a year at this point. Yeah. Where's my show when you need it? <laughs> I know. I mean, granted, this is a few years before the debut of America's Most Wanted on Fox. By the way, uh, watch America's Most Wanted on Fox Mondays at 9. It is Road Boys endorsed, officially. It, it is officially Road Boys endorsed. Watch my show, America's Most Wanted, Mondays at 9. Uh, but these people were on the run for a year, and too bad there wasn't America's Most Wanted, otherwise they would have been caught, totally. before they moved back to Northern California, where they lived and worked on a marijuana farm. Mm, okay. I mean, I guess uh, it's interesting to see how like that industry still, you know, around back then but it sounds it sounds like they would do something like that they go work on a marijuana farm well what strikes me is that obviously like it's a different time where you wouldn't just know that these are wanted killers you know they can just come on like hey can we have a job and it's like sure yeah they they can wander into any place and no one's going to be you know thinking anything of it to a certain degree especially at a marijuana farm they could probably just blend in yeah, that's, so that's basically what happened. Yeah. Um, now, according to others who worked on the farm, Susan and Michael were anarchists who advocated revolution and predicted a nuclear apocalypse would soon occur. Um, mm. They have clearly been very affected by the illicit drugs. True, true. It's also during the Cold War. So maybe, I mean, again, these Can I people- just pause? Do you feel the ground shaking a little bit? No. Are we having an earthquake? Uh, okay, well, here's the thing. The, 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 uh, from what I can see, the telephone wires were shaking, and there was a bunch of the bells outside uh, that are like this, the wind chimes below me. I could hear them more, than off, more often than Okay, normal. I think we just had an earthquake. But I myself did not feel anything in my room, but this is because probably the chair I'm on has a lot of give. So like, <laughs> I, I felt the ground moving. Wow, girl, we had a we have a live. Okay, this is a live earthquake, right on road, boys. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we're coming to you live with the earthquake report. We have just experienced an earthquake. Uh, we have just experienced an earth. I just, you know, what I feel like this is a this is live recording. This happened during like Game Five of the World Series in Oakland. Now it's happened on a live on, a, on an episode of Road Boys. <laughs> that is very exciting. Um, Anyway, back to the story. Back to the story. <laughs> <laughs> back to the story. So they're working on this marijuana farm. Um, yes. But, uh, and I just said, like, they predicted a nuclear apocalypse. Right. Cold War. revolution. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they had only been working there a couple months when Michael got into a fight with a worker named Clark Stevens and ended up shooting and killing him. Ah, uh, yes. That's how I said all my fights, too. Me and Michael would have been friends. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Well... He then burned the body and buried it under chicken fertilizer in the woods, and it was soon discovered by authorities, but Susan and Michael had already fled by the time police figured out who they were. They're good at running. I'll give them that. (laughs) They're very good at running, but because they fled so quickly, police were able to analyze possessions they had left behind at the farm, including a manifesto that had been left behind with a plot to assassinate then-President Ronald Reagan. Hmm. I mean, like, I get it, but you shouldn't write it down. No, it's never a good idea. Never, I mean, you can have those thoughts... You shouldn't act on them and you shouldn't write on you shouldn't write that stuff down ever. 
Well, especially with Ronald Reagan. Like, you know, I totally sympathize with what they were going for there. But <laughs> unfortunately, you shouldn't write it down. Don't write it down. Don't write it down. Rookie mistake. All right. So now we're in January of 1983. So to give you context, that whole thing where they killed Clark Stevens was mm-hmm. in April of 1982. So they've stayed on the run until January of 1983 when Susan and Michael are on the run and hitchhiking in Bakersfield, California. Ah, Bakersfield. I not feel, too far from yeah, where we are now. Not, it isn't, but also I just feel like it's a different, it's a totally different uh, an area, an environment to a certain degree. You can hide out there, I feel like. <laughs> yeah. So they were picked up by 30-year-old John Charles Hellyer, and Susan very quickly decided he was a witch and needed to be killed. Huh. Uh, so right, so, I can't speak English. Uh, so while driving on the 101 in Sonoma County, an argument and physical fight broke out between the couple and John Hellyer, which resulted in him pulling over. So this is like a dramatic climax. I imagine if there was a movie about this, like this would be the climactic scene. Very tense. Very tense. Yes. Uh, they moved this fight outside of the vehicle where Susan stabbed John while he was wrestling Michael for a gun. And then Michael got control of the gun and killed Hellier at point blank range. Oh, very intense. Dang. So keep in mind, this is literally happening on the side of a major U.S. highway. <laughs> And passing motorists immediately contacted the police. I imagine they just like, pulled out their little car phones. Right, yeah, the, the, the thick Nokia, you know, thing. <laughs> I don't even know if they had that yet. Uh, it's a 1983. No, I think they may have had car phones back then. Well, they had not, they had car phones. Right, not, 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 um, not, yeah, not cell phone cell phones like that. Right. So a so here we go. Like it, I mean, this whole thing is nuts. A dramatic high speed chase ensued as Susan and Michael attempted to flee in John's car, which they eventually crashed in hot pursuit by authorities. And Ooh. finally, Susan and Michael were apprehended by the police. Took them long enough, but wow. You know what I'm interested in is like were were they known to be a couple? Like were they were the police actively looking? They probably were for this couple that was on this rampage. And did they know who they were dealing with when they were chasing them? Very interesting. Well, I they eventually figured it out because we right. need to talk about the confession. Okay. Um in one of the most bizarre confessions in human history, Susan and Michael agreed to talk about the crimes only if it was in a press conference setting. Mm. So, the police set up a fake press conference which you can find video of online if you want Kinda where want. Susan and Michael confessed to the three murders of Karen Barnes, Clark Stevens, and John Hellyer. It's like uh, the end of a sports game, and they're critiquing they're critiquing their their murder spree to the press. <laughs> yes, but it is very eerie. Um, oh yeah. So they said things. They claim to be pacifists and vegetarian yoga practitioners who converted to a form of Islam, and their crimes were a shared mission to exterminate individuals they believed to be witches. Um, mm-hmm. this is real. This is what they said. Yoga and, oh man, the acid really hit for them. <laughs> Pacifists and vegetarian yoga practitioners, uh, <laughs> Susan and Michael Bear. Oh, well, 
I think you could find a lot. I, I think you could find a lot of those people in L.A., but like they're not murderers. <laughs> well, you never know. Never I mean, know. it is who, L.A. Who knows? <laughs> uh, they said their roommate. Uh, they said they killed their roommate. Excuse me, Karen, mm. because she had made a false conversion to their religion and was draining Susan of her health and powers. Remember, she they thought she had mystical powers. Right. So, she, you know, like the Scarlet Witch. <laughs> Yeah, well, consequently, the press dubbed them as the California Witch Killers, and they remain alive in prison today, serving a life sentence, having never shown an ounce of remorse for their crime. So they did not feel bad at all about what they did, and they are currently still in prison, and that is the story of the California Witch Killers. How bizarre. And also, I'm, I'm kind of, sh- I mean, I know this is the 80s, but low-key, I'm kind of surprised that they are both alive. Is that what you just said? They're both alive? They are both alive. Well, one of them was born in 1941, the other one was born in 1950. Like, they're in the, okay, so 60, 60s, 70s range for these people. That's not, that's not, that's not uh, too bad, but like, still, you know, different time different ability to get away with stuff like that back then wow yeah they're they're pretty fucked up and i i don't think i've really ever heard of this so i'm i'm guessing though it's a it's a this is a this pretty big case right yeah it's a pretty big case a lot of people know about this one wow well i'll be scared of yoga practitioners who also say they're vegetarians from now on i think that's the moral of the story <laughs> Yeah, never trust a fucking yoga practitioner, I'll tell you that. Or a vegetarian. Or a vegetarian, or worse than that, a vegan. And I think that's the moral that this that, that this uh, story sort of set out to state. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, that brings us to our fan question of the week. Jeremy, mm. what did you find? Yes, so I was combing, and I was combing, and I was combing. I think we really picked up. Um, people just really want to hear our takes on things. Okay. Um, and this is one that struck me. His, it was from Bobbert Odin Kirkst. That was his name. I think that was the username. That was the username. Um, okay. Bobbert. And he asked me, Jeremy and Jacob, why do you think? world records matter what's the point what? <laughs> what's the point of world records and why do they matter well that's an odd question i know um i don't know i mean i i, I can't really speak to their importance but i tell you i'd love to have one one day i think that maybe we should do a, a try to do a world record do a live podcast and not get off the podcast until we know it's oh. the longest podcast. Oh God, that sounds horrible. We could do. We could. I've, I've mentioned this. I can. We could live stream us sleeping. It could be part of the we've podcast. Been on, we've been on for forty three minutes, and I'm already exhausted. We could be live streaming, and we could just go about our day. And as long as there's a microphone to pick up the audio, you know, I'd say it counts. I'm not interested in that one, but I would like to have a world record. You know, to say I, I have the. And why is it always Guinness? Can we talk about this? Yeah, he, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. What's, yeah, what the hell does Guinness have to do with it? First of all, is it the beer company? Who made company? them the supreme authority yes. on world records? Are the properties of Guinness beer and Guinness world records the same also? 
Because the, no, the, they definitely not. They're spelled differently. Okay, they're spelled differently. So yeah, that's how much I know. But yeah, why or, or Ripley's? Ripley's, believe it or not, also I thought used to log those types of things. Ripley's has no standing in the terms of world records. All right, that's just a fucked up museum of making fun of deformed people. Right. But to answer the question as to like why they matter, I mean, they think they only matter for the person that achieves it. To be honest. So. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I don't give a shit. Yeah. They so, don't really matter. I, I, I guess, yeah, I guess, I, I guess, you know, it, it's all relative to your own experiences and what you do in life. But if there's all a right. world, if there's a world record you want to achieve, go ahead and achieve it. All right. Well, there you have it. That's the answer to that question, I guess. Yes. Um, interesting question from Bobber Odenkirkst. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> Well, um, that about wraps it up for this week. I mean, Sequoia and Kings Canyon, go check them out. Um, yes. Next week, we'll be heading up to perhaps my favorite national park um, that we ever I'd went be in to. Agreement. I'd be in agreement I, with your assessment. <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's a place that blows you away. So make sure you tune in next week for that. Um, any final questions, comments, concerns, death threats? Hmm. No, not this week. Oh, all right. Well, cool. <laughs> uh, make sure you check us out at Road Boys Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you have fan questions, email us at roadboyspodcast at gmail.com. You know, we're always combing. We're always combing it. All righty. Well, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening this week and have a good work week. You know, everyone needs a good week sometimes yes they do yes they do and i hope this makes it a little bit nicer (laughs) i'm hoping that you have the week that you deserve to have same and that's as specific as i can be yes hope you exist well (laughs) there you have it all righty see you next week see you next week Bye. bye Road Boys, starring Jacob Bellotti and Jeremy Shapiro as themselves. Produced by Jacob Bellotti and Jeremy Shapiro. Directed by Jacob Bellotti and Jeremy Shapiro. And created by Jacob Bellotti and Jeremy Shapiro. Special thanks to Vlad Glashenko for recording the intro and outro music royalty-free. And Tina Perkins, that's me, for recording promotional content. To learn more, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Road Boys Podcast.